Welcome to the family with Hackmaster, Ralph Perry Basham, MD. Co-host, Catherine Brandt. And Andy Rappernard. And who else? Somebody hiding in the woods. Timothy Lammers. Oh, there's Timothy Lammers. How are you doing, Timothy Lammers? I'm doing well. Thank Can, you. It's kind of nice to see you. We've got cameras to today. You too. Is this yeah. new or is it new to me because I've been gone a lot? New as of last week, yeah. Okay, so it's new yeah. to me. All right. In fact, two two dogs showed up on my uh, camera as well. Oh, Catholic, good. So. Like yeah, last that. week? Yes. It was phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. So what's the latest? Everything good? Indeed it is. Uh, you know, sort of exciting news regarding a couple of um, Minnesota filmmaking buddies of mine who uh, visited you, I think, on the podcast here, as well as that old show, whatever that was. Whatever that thing was. Whatever that was. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brian Netto and Adam Schindler. Yeah. Remember yeah. the two Minnesota guys? They are actually doing a movie with Sam Raimi. Sam is producing oh, Are them. they really? God, that's great. Yeah. Impressive. Yes, very impressive. And uh, so they started casting it, and uh, they're, they're selling the picture right now in Toronto. Um, you know, trying to get it in different markets. And um, it is called Don't Move. It's a horror thriller. Mm. And uh, Finn Wittrock, he is in the American Horror Story for several seasons. You would know him mm-hmm. if you saw him. He has been cast. And I think they're going to go into production in June. So it's exciting, man. I mean, these are two Minnesota boys. You got to love it. Hey, did that guys do the 50 States of Fright? They did. I thought they so, did. yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, in fact, that pops I up probably, all the time. Yeah, exactly. They did the uh, um, the Minnesota episode. Oh, there and, you go. Okay. Uh, Great Cloud Island? Is that yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and that was Sam's show. Sam produced that. Oh, okay. Directed, he directed the uh, Michigan episode because Sam's from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this was one of the casualties of Quibi's. Well, I don't know oh, if you'd call it surprise, right. but yeah. their quick demise. Yeah, Quibi had them. And I think only we saw episodes for 10 states. So I don't know, somehow maybe because Roku purchased all the Quibi stuff that we're going to see the rest. But uh, yeah, fortunately, Minnesota was in the first batch. So we did get Adam and Brian's episode. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So, so because it still is up on, it's not on Hulu, it's on uh, Roku. It's on Roku. Yeah, there you go. So it, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's funny. It, look, I, I think they're probably being careful. You know, as most of these outfits are, these streaming outfits, especially, it's not as a sure thing as it used to be. But mm-hmm. um, they did, in fact, bring back Die Hard which is Kevin Hart. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, some of the programs are coming back. You know, I'd so, you know, look, if, if they don't come back on, on um, uh, Roku, uh, maybe. Who knows? I mean, Shudder is a horror-themed yeah, streamer yep, or network yep. cable outfit. Who knows? Maybe they will pick it up. So I'm just glad the Minnesota guys got their episode. But it's a, such of a great concept. You do want to see all of these great uh, stories from other states. The big, you know, some mm-hmm. of them are urban legends or whatever. It's a great concept that just, I think it was produced well. Everything worked as far as that end went. It's just that the carrier, Quibi, it didn't last long, baby. Why did that thing explode? A lot the way of money. Why did it explode the way it did? What happened to Quibi? 
Well, it didn't. First of all, it launched during the pandemic. I mean, oh, right. That's a kiss of death. It, yeah. And I think what their their whole idea was, this is for the on the go consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, and right about that time, everybody stopped commuting and right. everybody no. started working at home. And yeah, no go. it was only available on your phone. You know, you couldn't couldn't even cast the video to your TV at home. I mean, there was some sort of whatever the software was or whatever involved the 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 application. You couldn't do it. it. It wouldn't allow you to do it. So eventually they did that. And then eventually I think they did start airing some of the episodes you could actually get on TV, but by that point, it was too late. It was too late. They had lost. How much money did they lose? You remember? Uh, One point six billion. One point six billion. (laughs) Holy! That's the other thing is I think a big part of it was that it was over leveraged. Because how could that need one point seven billion dollars? Well, you have to remember back when Netflix was, you know going crazy and everybody was signing up for all of these services and those those companies were overvalued like crazy they were before the stock market crashed and everything so it was probably pretty easy yeah but i mean like you have an app so you have to build an app you have to build a server and then you have to just make a handful of shows it's the marketing that and should that not kind of cost 1.7 billion dollars <laughs> and that is why what happened is they got too much money, mm-hmm. became so overvalued that they became unsustainable and collapsed almost immediately right. under their own weight. Yep, that's what happens. Yeah, well, all- and here's the thing. I mean, they went for all of the big, I mean, Kevin Hart off the top. I mean, they had a lot of high-profile people and programming involved. Right. Whereas if you look at a Roku, and when they started doing their own original stuff, I mean, yeah, recognizable folks, but not necessarily A-listers to begin with. They have to build toward their success, much in a way that, I mean, Netflix didn't start out as this big streamer. It started right. off as a yep. DVD rental mm-hmm. thing. And, yeah, so just too much too soon, apparently. Yeah, and I mean, again, Amazon... just the timing of it all. The timing was... Right. Not, not, it's not their fault. <laughs> just that everything was in motion and they couldn't stop it. It was too big of a behemoth to stop. Mm-hmm. Well, and, pretty uh, much every gigantic corporation that we're all familiar with these days started off relatively small. I mean, yeah. Disney oh, yeah. was just like a couple of guys making cartoons. Microsoft was, what, two or three people making a ripoff of uh, Mac OS. Amazon was a bookstore. You, you don't start with $1.7 billion. Well, it seems like anybody that opens up now, especially anything in tech for a long time, people were just throwing money at. That's the other problem, yeah. Everything is, the bubble is so bad that it's like, if you say, I've got a, you know, service that'll, you know, send dog treats to your house, they'll be like, oh yeah, here's $500 million. (laughs) Why not? You don't need it, right. And and the death blow was, the thing that really had to have hurt was that Quibi bought, or um, Roku bought the content for a hundred million. Oh, so <laughs> all this content that was produced, they got it, you know, a lot of money to you and I, but bargain basement prices. Right. right. So it really worked out for Roku, but uh, yeah. Quibi, not so much. Yeah. Not so Tom, much. didn't you talk with Katzenberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg? I did. Yeah. Of, yeah. But I talked yeah. to him about it. Matter of fact, yeah, I he don't was even on this show. I think he was. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, I don't even have the Quibi app on my phone anymore. 
I don't think it exists. No. I don't think anymore. it exists. I wonder what would happen if you tried to launch it. It'll say go, probably, go to Roku. Yeah, it probably rolls over to Roku. <laughs> probably. So I watched a couple of movies on the airplane. <laughs> what did you see? What did you see? I got to know. Uh, did you ever see About Fate with Emma Roberts? No. No. It's a cute little rom-com, and I've decided that Britney looks a little bit like Emma Roberts. Hmm. Don't you think? What rom-com are we talking about? About Which is to say that Britney looked a little bit like Julia Roberts, being that uh, Emma is the niece of Julia. That can't hurt her career. No. 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 And you know what? Uh, Early in her career, I couldn't believe it. Uh, She came into town for, I think she, did they do Nancy Drew? Oh, wow. She did a version of that. And they said, no questions about Julia. Oh, wow. Oh, God. I can see where that would get really... Don't tell me that. And I said, look, I had something that wasn't a direct question, so it kind of worked its way in anyway. Because, come on, man. I mean, I don't care if you're an A-lister. The the words I'd never want to hear are, don't ask about this. Right. You can only talk about this. Yeah. Well, it seems like she did a lot of rom-coms this and and she got in uh, there with the American Horror Story sorts of programs too. Oh, so that's she's, right. I forgot that she was in right, that. Right, right. Ryan Murphy oh. is a big fan of hers and tends to cast a lot of the same people. Okay. So she's had a lot of success. Yeah. Uh, but she is, uh, you know, actually the daughter of Eric Roberts. Oh, who's so. also an actor, right? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so much of Hollywood is nepotism. Yeah. Nicholas sure. Cage. Yeah. Real name. Yeah. At least you got to give this to Nicolas Cage. I mean, he appeared as Nicolas Coppola in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Did he? Which was a teeny role. Remember when the guy got fired at the restaurant for calling a customer an a-hole or something? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nick Cage was one of the cooks in the back. Oh, okay. And and they had a quick shot of him where he was looking nervous when when this guy was yelling at uh, Judge Reinhold to give him his money back. And Nick Cage is like, you know, his eyes kind of darted to the side like he was nervous. And that was it. That, I think that was the only time he went uh, as Nicholas Coppola. And then, and again, obviously trying to make his own way, he changed his name and named himself after a comic book character, Luke Cage. Oh, oh yeah. So that's where yep. the uh, Nicholas Cage came oh, from. Oh, I did not know yeah. all that. So you got to give him that much. I mean, at least he wasn't trying to ride the Coppola name all the way, yeah, you but, know. But everybody knew that regardless yeah. of what his name was. Yeah, that is true. And, that you is know, true. You know, and if you can sign him, or well, maybe you'll get someone else attached with it. I mean, yeah. it, yep. it, this nepotism is just so deep in Hollywood. I mean, just and, so deep. Well, then this term um, nepo babies started making its ah. way to the that just nepo around uh, award season time. And I remember Jamie Lee Curtis saying how hurt she was by that. And uh. well. You know, your mom was Janet Lee and your dad was Tony Curtis. Yeah, so, kind you know. of follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's right. And then I watched Belfast. Oh, no, I watched movie. Belfast yep. first. A very depressing movie. Yes. Incredibly depressing. I did not know it was mostly in black and white. I don't know why they chose to do that. Maybe. Makes you, it's more depressing. Yeah. Probably. I time. can't imagine I mean, that. That that right. helps younger people want to watch it. That's true. I agree. You know, I, I don't know if that was a best no, marketing decision. Anyone under the age of probably 50 would just never watch anything black. Yeah, and white. I mean, I, I, 
I understand the artistic integrity and blah, 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 and all that stuff, and the time. Um, I understand why they made that decision, but as far as marketing and getting people in the theater to see it, mm -hmm. I think it was a bad decision, but that's just Well, me. I think what they knew was they had an awards film on their hands with Kenneth Branagh attached, and he finally did win. Um, he won for screenplay. Oh, okay. That, and that was the sixth time. He was nominated for other stuff, directing and maybe as a producer of the picture. Um, but, you know, obviously something like that's not going to cost a lot of money to make. And I'm sure they made it, you know, they weren't intending on it being a blockbuster that you would put in theaters for young people to see anyway. Okay. It would be a great movie for young people to see. Yes, because it certainly reminded me of what's going on now. I oh, mean, yeah. I was just like, it really showed how horrible it is to have people blowing cars up in your neighborhood and starting things on fire yep. and smashing your windows when yesterday Catholics and Protestants on the street were living perfectly fine together, friends, uh, you know, kids were playing together, everything was fine. And then one day, all of a sudden, this group comes in and starts deciding that you're a terrible person unless yep. you join them. I was just like, man, does this sound like today? It does. And it no really doubt. showed the impact on these little kids are just terrified and just how it, it's just well, it, We brought two awful. of them in. Remember? Yeah. Uh, God, oh, yeah. What was that, like 25 years ago? Mm, yeah, yeah, just about. Yeah, just yep, about. Eugene and Yvonne. Yep. We yeah. had some Irish kids in the neighborhood, too. Yeah, um... And the interesting thing about Kenneth Branagh's story was he was from a Protestant family living in the Catholic neighborhood. God, you know, amazing. They, 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 there were no issues there. Right. Um, and, you know, he I don't know if you, at the end of the I can't remember the line, but it was a great line. But he asked his dad, he says, I got a crush on a Catholic girl. Yeah. And he says, you know, as long as she doesn't have three heads and a whatever. Well, whatever. he said as long as she has integrity, is honest, and something else, he didn't care if she was an anarchist, just as long oh, as she yeah. was kind. Yeah. So I have a yeah. question for everyone. What caused the big rift between two Christian groups, Protestants and Catholics? What caused the problem? British loyalism. Oh, was it so the Protestants were loyal to Britain? I believe so, yeah. And the Catholics wanted Ireland to be independent. Okay, yes. so that was the big problem. That right. was the big problem. Yeah, it was problem. really more about that than about the religious thing. It just right. so happened that the loyalism versus not loyalism well, seemed it, to split along religious lines for whatever reason. Yeah, and you have to remember that at one time, the um, when Britain dis was ruling um, Ireland, they were making it so that they couldn't speak their own language, right. and yep. they had to be educated in their system, and they were they were really treated like crap. They were starting to not get loans from bankers, you know, and all that that kind of stuff. I have a question about that. Um, oh, sorry. No, when I, when you're done, I have a question. I just did I get that right that unemployment in Belfast was up to eighty percent. Mm-hmm. Eight, how was that possible? Did a mining industry well, they did it on purpose. go away or something? I mean, how how do you lose that many jobs? I'm telling you, it just it's all about controlling people and making money. That's uh, it the was, whole deal. Yeah, and I mean, the whole premise of the movie was that these people were living during this time, and the husband of the family that stars in the show was a joiner, and he was working in um, England. I mean, in London anyway, um, because he couldn't get a job in Ireland. 
Mm-hmm. And they were, and and the, the the activists were targeting him, trying to get him to get into their group and start mm-hmm. hurting his friends and families. And he didn't want to do that. So they, the family wanted to stay in Belfast because it's all they ever knew, and they loved being there until <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah, this turns into this kind of world. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were deciding whether they should stay or whether they should go, and it was not an easy decision for most people. But you know, you got to have a job, and you have to. Eat. And and you have to yeah. take and you have to make sure. You, I mean, their kids were starting to be recruited into these gangs and you know mm-hmm. killed. Kids were being killed. A lot of people died during the troubles. Well, we got our own troubles right now because a lot of kids are dying now too. Oh, I mean, it. it I think it's, it's a great movie that people should be yeah. watching, especially all these activists that think that they're doing something really good for right, the world. Right. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. It's uh, and and it is a very true story. I mean, it's semi autobiographical. Yeah. Um, but the ending is true. I mean, about uh, having to relocate. Yeah. Because of the father's work, and you know, it's interesting because that's a fateful move. And I, you know, I don't know if people can debate about destiny and free will or whatever. But I, you know, look, look at how much Kenneth Branagh's path changed by moving mm-hmm. to London. And that's where, and, and, you know, Tom, I know you've talked to him. He's one of the absolute greatest guys. Yeah, he's a very nice man. Oh, my yeah. God. So, I mean, he told me about when he was younger and, and worked very hard and, and saved his money so he could go to the theater in London to see Derek Jacoby, who ended up being one of the guys that, I don't know if he was in Belfast, but he's been in a ton of Kenneth Branagh's movies. Mm. So, you know, that that changed the course of his life dramatically. So, 
as sad as it seems, as sad as his family was forced to move from Belfast to London, you know, it worked out for him. Now, there were there was he had brothers and sisters, didn't he? Again, it's been a while since I've seen the film. Did he have any? He had a brother, didn't he? Uh, um, I it was his his the parent the grandparents were there. Um, I thought he had. A, I don't. Think yeah, he, he might have had a brother. Family though, but uh, yeah, it's it's I an amazing it, movie. And again, it's can't say it enough. I mean, I don't care if you don't like the black and white stuff. You got to look at again. It truly it, it it serves its purpose. It brings you back to sure. a time, and it puts you in this frame of mind that yeah this couldn't have taken place any other time than the time it was the 60s right 60s and 70s yeah 69 yeah. it started mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah what a great movie I, I know that was my number one pick that particular year which isn't too terribly long ago no three years ago mm-hmm. oh is that all it was okay yeah i didn't know i, I didn't know when it was released so yeah and i'm such a big fan of kenneth branagh so you know, yeah, that obviously played into it. But again, great actors in it. Uh, Kieran, Kieran Hines, the father. Well, Judy Dench. That's right. Well. Yeah. That's... And the uh, woman from Highlander. Uh, oh, yeah. Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Jamie, what's Jamie's last name? Who played his father? Another great actor. So just a terrific cast. Really good cast. Around. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, expertly made. It's just really an amazing film. And I'm not saying that in the, wow, amazing. No, I'm talking about in just the, the emotional impact sure. that mm-hmm. it has. You know, yeah. it really gives you a peek into what life was really like. And probably, honestly, it was a lot worse. Yes. Know, than what he showed. I'm sure right. it was a lot right. worse. Well, yeah. One minute you're living in a war zone. They're, you know, have sandbags at the end of the street and letting people in and out and wondering where you're going. It's just, you know, overnight. <laughs> Jamie Dornan is the name of the Jamie, Jamie Dornan. Dornan. Yeah, yeah there you really go. good. Well, well, the same thing was kind of going on in Be- Beirut. Yeah, yeah. Rob, I believe Rob also the same was time. nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. For yeah. yeah, just or he missed it. Yeah. Well, I saw that Tom was watching a lot of stuff. I kept getting pings on my emails. Thank you for renting, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for what watching. What did I rent? I don't know. It seemed like uh, four, any, four were different there any, uh, movies. any titles that were untoward, though? No, okay. no. no. I'm not big on that untoward I didn't know, I didn't know any of them, so <laughs> I don't know what you were watching. I can't remember. I rented a couple of things. Well, one was a Paul Newman movie I've never seen. I know that. What was that? I can't remember it. I can't remember because I didn't <laughs> so watch it good? yet. Oh, okay. I just rented it because I'm going to watch it. Oh, okay. There are a few movies oh. like that. Yeah. That's a newer film or an old, one of his later titles? Uh, I mean. Pretty old. It was pretty old. He's very oh, young okay. and handsome. Let me put it that way. Son of a gun was always handsome. Paul, Paul Newman was a damn good looking guy. There's no doubt about that. No you no know, question. and Redford too, man. Yep. I mean, those guys, yep. there's a reason they were at the top at, True. Uh, at, you know, during the peak of their careers. And neither one of them were like big scandal guys and married 4,000 times, right? No, they they both, I think, married to the just one person, I think. I don't know about well, Robert sure Redford. Yeah. For sure Newman was, yeah. I don't know, what yeah. what can I tell you? But we talked about this a few weeks ago. True movie stars. Oh, no doubt. You know, There's those no guys question. were true movie stars, and who do we have now? I mean, you just can't flippantly name somebody. You know, Tom Cruise is probably the closest thing to a true yeah. movie star right now. Yeah, yep. 
Uh, but uh, I wouldn't even say Pitt is or Adam Clooney. I mean, you know, people want to believe that they are, but yeah, I don't they're think... both handsome. That's the only thing they got. Neither one of them can act worth a damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I did think I did think Pitt was good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Michael. Douglas. Yeah, he was. He was. Yep. Oh, Kristen, Kristen just chimed in. She said, Michael Douglas. Yeah, that's true. Oh. That's true. And he's still at it with the, the Ant-Man movies. Oh, no. Now we got two of them. God, look at that. I'm surrounded yeah. by the... You, you two look like twins today. You, Kristen and Ralph? Ooh, no, what? you and Kristen. Oh. You, <laughs> look like, I don't think so. you look like... <laughs> I'm surrounded KB1, by... KB1, KB2. Yeah, KB1, KB2. How I are you? I just need my jean jacket. Yeah. It's got a little cold I'm this right morning. in the middle. Need my jean jacket. Cold. It's seventy one. Right. Come on. Well, in my closet, I could go and get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kristen, I have to ask you a question before I transition out here. Um, I, Catherine, I started watching it again. Yellow jackets. Ah, it did you? So disgusting at one point, <laughs> but uh, it is so damn compelling. Is it? Kristen, have you watched Yellow Jackets? I'm loving Yellow Jackets. I know Tom keeps on going, I can't get past episode two. <laughs> I can't. It's no, just, Tom no, hates it. Are you caught up, Kristen? <laughs> I'm not caught up, so I don't I haven't seen the latest episode. Okay, but you are into episode or you are into season two. I am into season two. Okay, so things okay. get really gnarly at one point and that's what turned me off to the point where I couldn't I couldn't eat for a while. <laughs> well, gee, that's not good. Yeah, gore is the thing. Cannibalism is one of the main themes. Well, it is the it main is. theme. It is. Yeah. It is. Yep. And gore is um, like, they take it to another level in horror or any of that type yeah, of genre like these that. days. I call it torture porn. Yes. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. You know, but you get somebody like, my God, uh, Christina Ricci is so incredible in this show. So many all of them are. Um, uh, Melanie Linsky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Juliette Lewis. <laughs> I mean, they are so damn good. And see, but what you get are they—they they are the older version of the this group of young women who, well, they were teenagers who crashed this plane into the Canadian forests. So you get this dual story going on with you know flashbacks to their circumstances trying to survive in the wilderness and then now in modern day you're seeing how it played out how they're trying to cope with their lives and christina ricci is a certifiable she's she's out there man but she is so <laughs> good at it that's why she was good at wednesday too when she did it <laughs> oh yeah 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 i mean she really and it, it amazes me because really I mean, after she she was Wednesday Adams in the original Adams Family movie, but you know, you try to think, okay, she did Casper, and I know um, Sleepy Hollow. She was in that with Johnny Depp, but she's not been constant. Her career hasn't been constant, you know. I mean, she's so it's great to see her turn up and just see how incredibly talented she really is in this show. Yeah, she went through a very abusive marriage, and I think that's mm. kind of how she fell off the radar a little bit. But I still think her work is underrated in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, and hopefully this will maybe be the launching pad, but I think she could have a bigger career if she wants it. I know she's got you know young kids at home, but she has the ability to really do any project that's thrown at her. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that you, you hung with Yellow Jackets. I mean, again, I, wa I went away from it for a while. 
my oldest daughter and I um, like the horror theme stuff. So, I mean, we watched this. And I don't know if you necessarily classic classified as horror. I mean, there are some horrifying elements to it. Um, but, again, it got to that point. It's early season two where it's like, oh, man, I just can't do it anymore. Can't do it. And I even said on the podcast, it's like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And then you checked out. Uh, my daughter kept watching them. And she says, you know, it's past that one particular point. There, it really isn't that bad. Um, Could, and question. So Could you skip that episode or two episodes and just not have to experience that and still know what's going on? Well, it's, it's a crucial oh. scene mm. because it, of it's kind of the turning point. It's the huge turning point. Okay. And, um, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> oh, kitty. Is there a kitty in the studio? I guess, Catherine, if you keep Quit. going with it, there's a scene where somebody takes a bite of a human ear. Okay. Um. <laughs> and it comes after that. He's Just wild think of about Holyfield it. and Tyson. Okay? Not loving that. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's very Van Gogh. <laughs> so, so, well, um, let's stop for a second. Mm. Now, you, you're saying this is a great show where they show them eating people. No, yeah, if they no made I same, don't like if, the part. Ralph, they, I had to leave after. I couldn't no, take it anymore just, after they got to that so, point. So, so the next show. But I'm you, trying to think that there's a warning, yeah. an early distant warning for you, Catherine. Okay. The scene where somebody decides, I'm going to take a bite of somebody's ear. Okay. Well, why the uh, ear of all places? Ear, I don't know. A disembodied ear. Not one of the Holyfield Tyson things where they do it in a ring or anything a like that. Experimental no. nibble? My, my, I don't my know. Point is, your after that. Your next movie is going to be eating puppies. No. no. Puppies. No. Oh, that's too far. Oh, that's too far. That's, that's right. Too that's, too far. that's too much. You no, can't no eat puppies. puppies. I guess if there were... If, I guess if there were... Yeah. When you get the animals, it's crossing the line big time. Well, okay, yeah, but eating people's okay. This then, because I don't know if anybody else has seen Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Did you see it? I heard mm -hmm. it's bad. Well, the thing that bothers me the most, and you know this is all CGI stuff, but... Part of Rocket the Raccoon, Bradley Cooper's terrific voicing the rock, Rocket the Raccoon, his backstory is told in this picture. Mm. And you see you how see he the was experimentation. Part of larger yeah. part of animal oh. experimentation. It's just really brutal. I mean, and, and I'm shocked there hasn't been a lot of outcry, although That's organizations CGI. like PETA are coming saying, you know what, coming forth saying, you know what, we're, first of all, we're glad you didn't use real animals like they'd be stupid enough to do in, yeah. in the first place. But they're saying it's kind of like highlighting how some of this stuff really does happen. Yeah. Huh. So, you know, they're actually praising it. But as far as watching it as a story, I had problems with it, Kristen. I don't know what you I, I do, too. It's any, you know, I, I don't know what it is. It's I, may, do, Why do I feel desensitized sometimes when you watch, like, a horror movie and you're like, oh, look, the person got chopped up. Honestly, I, I can't oh, yeah. handle too much gore to begin with. But an animal, and I guess maybe because we can't communicate with them, you know, through English language. I mean, a word or two here, they understand, but not in the same way. So you feel like, oh, they're so helpless and defenseless. Yeah. And I think it's that some weird level that we get to. We're like, oh, the poor baby animal or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very tough. I mean, and honestly, the, the, the biggest criticism I had of the picture itself, apart from being two and a half hours long, which is what you can expect, especially when they have you sing to the very, very end, is that whole animal ex experimentation thing. And and it's not just a brief deal. I mean, they keep coming back to it. Yeah. 
and they address it at the very end, and it's a pivotal part of, of the uh, end in the third act. So I had a I had a huge problem with it. I just did, and and you know, yeah, I'm an animal lover, and and I just I don't know. I don't even think you have to be an animal lover to say, you know what, man, they're really pushing it here. They are. I thought so too. I'm like, Ugh, cringe. Is yeah. it is it just me, or does that Melanie Linsky is that her name? Mm-hmm. She reminds me so much of Drew Barrymore. Oh, I could see it. I hear mm-hmm. it in her voice. I'm like, are they distant cousins or something? They look a lot alike, in my opinion. I'm just like, mm. this is, she looks a lot like Drew. She just reminds me of her. Well, just, maybe it's another one of these Hollywood nepotism things. We were talking about that know. earlier, Kristen. She just looks Hollywood so much like nepotism. her. Nepo babies. Ne- yeah, nepo babies. Hey, Drew says, hey, bring my cousin Melanie in. No, I don't know if they're related or not. They're I'm not. Sure. Um, Melanie would, would have heard about it if they were. Melanie, she has an accent. Is she from um, Australia? Uh, is she? New Zealand? No, is she? Yeah. Okay. She's married to um, Jason Ritter. Yes. Yes. Um, and she was previously with somebody else. Born in New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay, yeah. I was like, she's from Australia, New Zealand. That. Yeah, so that's, an, that's, I was going to say her American accent is not authentic. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. she is. I guess you would consider her. I don't know if there's a single singular star of the show, but I know her. She's top billing. I mean, the, her name is the first one on the screen in the opening credits. Um, but it is really uh, such of a. It's an elaborately, you know, the way they they balance those two storylines, the old and uh, I mean the, the 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 flashbacks and the present. But there's just so many interesting things going on in this, and I don't want to tell you because. It involves her family. And, well, I think and, what makes it so good is like being able to intricately weave the past and the present. It's yes. very challenging to do. It's, we're in a writer's strike, so I'm like, that's how good writing right there. Um, I think about like Mrs. Maisel, the, the final season. They also do like past and the present and going back and forth seamlessly. And I'm like, when it works, it is so good because you're not confused mm-hmm. as the viewer. Um, and you just see like how they're tying everything together. Yeah, And people are wondering what the writer's strike is going to do. How soon are we going to see the aftermath of this whenever it ends? I mean, is, how, is it going to push shows back? Well, shows like Ye- Yellow Jackets, all the writers, they, yep, they all are done right now. So whatever plans they had for season three, who knows when it's A lot of shows have already been interrupted, either production-wise or writing-wise. I mean, Hacks had to be shut down. They just reached a limit. They're like, we need another script. We can't shoot right now. And, and, you know, and that show was already pushed back because Gene Smart had some health issues. So mm. we're going to definitely feel those effects. We're seeing it with live shows, that at least the Tonys. I know, Tom, we had talked about the Tonys uh, yesterday. They're able to go forward, but they had to scrap the pre-written script as an agreement with the Writers Guild. Oh, They're basically yeah. just going to be improving yep. the show itself, I mean, which they can do. They have plenty of musical numbers to do and just say, and the winner is. But... Um, I think daytime Emmys are probably going to be the next show that's going to have to either be postponed or they'll have to figure something out. But it's it's definitely hitting already. Now, I am not a fan. I don't watch them anyway, but nobody seems to be missing the late night talk shows, do they? <laughs> They're gone, aren't they? They're pretty much over, aren't they? Yeah, I think this might be the 
final nail in the coffin of that genre. Well, it's not the funny anymore. The have said that they're, they're needed for social media and that their clips do very well, mm. even though the ratings for the actual show don't do well. Oh, okay. And because of the sort of legacy with them, they're going to keep them around. However, they're going to start, the budget cuts are going to start coming in. You'll start seeing, like, the band go away. You'll see maybe some oh. of the remote segments go away. So the things that, like, the additional, like, you know, icing on the cake type of budget line items, yeah. okay. they're going out the window. Hmm. Oh, you could just have a clip show and just have somebody commenting on well, the clips. They're not replacing James Corden. They're doing um, Midnight. And so that's basically a panel show. Panel shows mm-hmm. are very easy. You can have people come in and out. They don't have to be regulars. Don't very have to pay less expensive. Yeah. Yep. I kind of soured on James Corden with the whole way he was treating that restaurant. Yeah, what people. a jerk. That was a long time coming. His reputation has oh, been. Oh, really? You know, it reminds me of like an Ellen DeGeneres situation where all of us in the industry knew that she was really hard to work with behind the scenes, was not pleasant. But the public was like, she's fabulous. I love her show. Mm-hmm. Same thing with James Corden. Well, I'm same like, thing with Kelly Clarkson, too. There's some oh, really? Stories coming out Kelly's about her not being, being nailed. Her, her producer's being nailed on this. Oh, really? Okay, good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you know... Uh, you, you want these people to be pleasant. You want them to remember where they came from. <laughs> I mean, no. and talk about somebody that just literally shot to the top with American Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, to, and, and having that immediate sort of, now don't get me wrong, I think she has the talent to back it up, but to have that immediate stardom couldn't have been something that was easy to deal with. But, you know, you just hate hearing how people are degraded behind the scenes and yeah. that Ellen thing ticked me off the James Corden thing ticked me off even though again I don't watch them you just don't treat right people. right you're nothing without them right yeah and just yeah. to give more clarity on the Kelly Clarkson situation Rolling Stone had an article about the sort of behind the scenes atmosphere on her show they're moving to New York City by the way for the tax cuts she's doing a Broadway show that she hasn't announced yet so she wants to be in New York but uh, most of the blame was put on her producer Alex Duda Um, so I don't know if they're going to lose their job or what but that uh, but they spoke to 11 current and former Kelly Clarkson employees and every single one of them had nice things to say about Kelly but they're like we just don't know if she knows about this situation, we've mm. made HR complaints and the studio has kind of brushed them aside. And uh, Kelly addressed it already. She said, we're all doing leadership training, including myself. And we want a great atmosphere for everyone. So this is kind of like a to be determined situation, especially with the big move to the East Coast. Well, I'm wondering, I mean, how bad does it have to be in, in California if you're moving to New York to get a tax break? Exactly oh, you got what that I just, right. just was thinking. I was like, Man. New York thing. just announced huge tax breaks, huge. So they're going after California. So, oh. And they qualified because they gave a lot of tax breaks to daytime talk shows because that's where most oh. of them are located. So they get them almost. They get them after two years instead of five years, the way they used to. So they decided that that was well. Yeah, I I don't know how many. What is it? It's how many billions has have moved out out of uh, California's first tax revenue? It's something like a hundred billion. It's an amazing amount. Several billion dollars. Yeah, like a hundred billion or something. It's just like so many people have left. And same thing. And with the writer strike is costing thirty million dollars a day oh. in California alone. Oh, God. California. I just don't understand how they could keep up with this. Now, again, yeah. the last one was a hundred days, but that yeah, was how many years ago? Months. Nineteen years ago, seventeen, something like that. 
uh, yeah, it was 2007, eight was the last writer's strike. Oh, so not quite that long ago, but long ago. I mean, again, you would think that the, the impact of that was long lasting. Well, yeah. And again, I, this whole streaming thing, I mean, you know, and, and trying to pay them under the old rules and then streaming comes about. I mean, this is at least what I understand about it. Well, yeah, is I, that the, the bone of contention is streaming and them not residuals properly. Yeah. I remember having these conversations with the last writer's strike. It's, it, it affects everybody from the florist to the, you know, every, so many people in L.A. are dependent on that industry. The last time around, it happened during the big downturn in the real estate market. And a lot of writers lost their homes. They were not able yeah. to pay their mortgage. And a lot of homes were foreclosed upon. Dry cleaners were affected. I mean, that's what people don't think. You just forget that when the studios don't have productions, there's a whole surrounding support system and support industries that are needed. Even the like little diner you go to lunch, if it's near yeah, a studio caters, and right. production's not happening, yep. they're affected. Burbank mm -hmm. must be shut down. Pretty much because yeah. most of the post-production, most of the support production, uh, they had one place that just, that just sold uh, uh, photographic plumbing supplies uh, there <laughs> just to, to, to develop film when they were using film. Mm -hmm. So it's just they have a haberdasher. They have vintage fabric shops there. Yeah. And that they just, they, they're probably all shuttered now sure. because no one's doing anything. Yeah, just the makeup Ralph, artists. You know Milton and... Edie's, you know, right in Toluca Lake, oh, Burbank yeah. border? 24-7 dry cleaners. I right. mean, they run because of the studios. They, what? Who's coming in at 2 a.m. when production shut down the way it That's is right, right now? Right. That's right. So it's, you know, it does affect so many things. And, uh, and, and Nevada sees the blood in the water. And they, they just oh, passed yeah. some huge tax credit bill, like $250 million per year, $250 million wow. for like 30 years for uh, production to start. In, That's good. Uh, they're in building Nevada. a big studio there, yep. too. And they're going to start building. They'll build more because no state income tax. I mean, New York has nothing compared to uh, well, they've been bleeding a lot of it. I mean, Canada's been doing it. Georgia's mm -hmm. been doing it. They, other people Louisiana. have been wising up and, and luring those people into another state. Well, didn't Matt Damon just move to Las Vegas? Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg did. That's right. That's who it was. It was Mark Nick Wahlberg. Nick Cage lives there, too. And Nick Cage lives there, too. He's not leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, see, oh, really? Wow. Boy, look at the time. Did I tell, uh, did I tell you where to leave early today? I'm to bring my, my hi-hat and my <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Those rim shots. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant 
Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. So anyway, I'm into your time. I'm going to take off. But uh, good. this is really fun. I love seeing everybody like this. I know. This is great to be able to see everybody. No doubt All about right. it. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Uh, Tommy, we'll talk with you on Friday. Sounds Christmas, good, good, Timmy. To see you again. Good Thanks to see you. a lot. All right. See you, Ralph. Bye. Yeah, Andy, take care. Captain Bye. Bye. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, Catherine moved up to the top level. Just oh, look at Kristen. me. Clicking around. I'm yeah. just clicking around. Kristen and I are down here on the bottom of the three of you riding the top. Don't We're worry the about it. There you go. Oh, he, so, flipped. <laughs> he flips it. So, uh, it Kristen, was just Mother's Day. Put her back to the top. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. There you go. She's I back really to the top. don't. But I, uh, so I spent some time with Alex over this weekend, and we ca- caught up on... Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, you well, did. Well, not the fifth season. I didn't start the fifth season. Okay. But I did like, the last season was so much better than, I don't know, I think it was the second one that I just lost interest. And third and yeah. fourth, I was I was laughing out loud. I mean, I was watching some of them on the airplane, and I was like, whoop. <laughs> yeah, very funny writing. Season three was a rough one, and then season three, they came back really strong. To me, yeah. it's one of their best seasons. And season five, actually, to me, just... I always, and I won't spoil anything, but I always just say when you're doing a series finale, it's very hard to have a satisfying ending. There's very few shows that I look at and go, okay, sure. I feel satisfied. Yeah, yeah I agree. This. I feel satisfied with the way Maisel ended. Um, it just, it felt good. It felt right. It felt complete. And I'm not like, oh, gosh, I hope they come back in a year or anything else like that. If, if that's the way they're ending it and they never do this story again, it was sweet. Okay. I just I, I just saw a big difference in the writing. It just seemed like they're they got way better writers or something that really developed the characters into some people that were in, that you actually wanted to watch. Yeah, I mean it's helmed by Amy Sherman Palladino and her husband Daniel and they really craft the characters and I think, you know, sometimes the exposition gets in the way where they're like we just need to get through this part of the story to get to the payoff. Mm. I think sometimes writers get stuck in that from time to time. Mad Men sometimes got stuck there where there was yeah. they needed a lot of exposition to get to the payoff. But I mean, when I look at the whole series, I just I, I think it was really well done and and complete because Amy Sherman Palladino, if anyone's watched Gilmore Girls, she didn't get to finish the series. You know, she got to do a Netflix, you know, four seasons situation. But her last two years on the WB were written by somebody else because she couldn't come to an agreement with the network. So mm. this is really the first series where she's like, I got uh-huh. to do it my way. OK. Yeah, I, I'm glad that got better. It, it was very entertaining. I'm looking for it. Well, now there's a writer strike. I'm going to have to eke them out and just watch one a month or something because I'm going <laughs> to. 
Piranha. He has a new series to coming too called Etoile, which will be about a ballet company in France. So oh. that's her next one. That sounds good. Tom, yeah, Tom, really ballet, good. huh? You want yeah, to watch, yeah, yeah. watch the ballet show named after a toilet. <laughs> La Toile is a star. <laughs> I know what it is. La Toile. La Toile de Nord, that's the North Star, right it, on the Minnesota it, flag. It, for some is. reason, our motto is French. I don't know I why. I never yeah. understood that either, Andy. You have a big French community. You don't have big French communities. No, no God, there are no. almost well, no French people here except for There were a lot of fur trappers for yeah. some strange reason that oh, came yeah, from back. France yeah. way, way back in the day. That's, so yeah. it used to be French like 200 years ago? And I yes. guess. I guess Uh-oh. that makes sense. I'm getting swirlies where we are. Uh, yeah, Ralph and KB1 are frozen. You are both frozen. I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, is it is uh, No, you are both frozen. Is this, You're right. Is this uh, computer plugged in? <laughs> Do we need to reboot uh, no, it? No, but it's not like an, it won't go to sleep. I changed that. Hmm. Right. I think it's this Devices internet. Will power down soon. About I'm like, I can take photos of what your faces look like. Oh, <laughs> the batteries are dying. That's uh, why. Yeah. Batteries are dying in what? The computers. We need to plug them in. Oh, they're not. <laughs> shouldn't they just oh. be plugged Well, I thought in? they could last one hour, but I guess I was wrong. Do I have a plug over here somewhere? No, mine's plugged well, in. Hardwire like, everything no, is the rule. Hardwire well, everything. Oh, the problem is we don't have enough uh, outlets in here for that. Oh, oh no! We can, can, we can, can get a strip. We can get a strip. We have two strips in here, and they're all full. Six strips. There's a strip behind <laughs> okay, me. Then. There is, but it's got crap in it. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm trying to start again. Two spots open. Three spots open. Yeah, it keeps on saying no internet. Yeah, there are three spots open in that one, Andy. Yeah, I'll plug them in. I've just learned to hardwire everything. Hardwire yeah. to the router. Hardwire your computer to the outlet. Exactly. Yeah. Too many room. Too much room for error. We'll figure it out. Well, we've only got 14 minutes to go. Can we make it through 14 minutes without two people being on camera? I, I mean, think I can we'll plug keep... those two in. I think the problem is the plugs are enormous. Here, I'll show you. <laughs> Andy's going to show us a big plug right now. Oh, here he comes. He's coming into Studio A. Ladies and gentlemen, wait. I thought oh, it was no, maybe he went home. Show, Tom. It's just us. <laughs> yeah, Andy's wandering around. Here he is. I don't know where. I am. Oh my God! Oh, well, that is a large plug. But where's the plug? It's like a puck. Here. One of those Show big the pucks. The plug. And Catherine's just big like plug. a floating voice. Now I have a hand. Oh, you have a hand? The, That's not I me. Think Andy's I hand just came into the camera. Oh, oh I don't yeah, know what the heck's going on. I don't even have a screen with anybody on it anymore. Well, you're just a floating voice. Like that's what's amazing. Join me on Streamyard. Hit the link. Nothing's going on. Well, Andy's gonna come over and fix it. I got no internet. That's what it says. Really? Why just your spot? Would you have no internet? Because of my delightful. Electrical impulses that I is that possess. what it is? Your electrical impulses you're <laughs> kicking off. I think it is. Off. I think it's me. It I love this me. show. What's that? Be me. We need another outlet over there. Oh well, we'll have to figure this out tomorrow. Yeah. You want to sit over here, Catherine, so you're on camera? I don't, I don't give think, a rat's I don't ass. Think anybody cares that much if I'm on camera or not? I think <laughs> having you and Kristen up on camera at the same time would be. Quite a draw. Next next week, we'll work at it again. Yeah, there you go. I know, we'll have matching outfits. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to oh we'll text each other. Here oh, now I'm entering the studio again. It's just all of a sudden came back on. So, Ralph, oh, did you get fixed? Oh, we're working on it. Uh, Uh-oh. No, you're not. Oh, there you are. I'm, I'm backstage, it says. 
You'll need to connect your mic or cam before you can access the stream. Mute that one. This must be very compelling. <laughs> yeah, it's something to listen to, I bet. I don't know what the hell's happening. Uh, it's, we only got 10 minutes left anyway, so what the hell. Let's just do the show for 10 more minutes and we'll fix it overnight. I got bupkis. <laughs> oh, she had to use bupkis. She had to do bupkis, it. Yeah, she's so, a Pete Davidson fan, that means. I've been watching Miss Maisel. Got all the... All the sayings. But Bupkis is also the, the name of Pete Davidson's show on Peacock. So it is. And I thought it was a special, but it's a TV show, huh? It's a TV series, yeah. I think it's eight episodes in total. Yeah, I can't do it. I've never liked him. I love him. A I lot of people know, do. I just find him very charming. He makes really? Me laugh. Yep. God, I don't know what it is about him. It just annoys me. Women love him, though. I oh, mean, so if you women talk love to him. most women, women love him. There is something. He's not that great looking, but he's so funny. It makes him cute, makes yeah. him charming. It's also he packing heat. Himself. Don't forget that part. It's. I just think it's one of those situations. He just, like, he has literally dated every hot woman in Hollywood. Yeah, but they always talk about how big his chance is. That's all they ever talk about. Well, that's not a horrible thing to have talked well, about. Well, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Depends on how big, I would guess. <laughs> if it's too big, then I guess it'd be a real problem. But some sort of monster thing. It? Yeah, it's scary. So. Yeah, you wouldn't need that. You don't need that kind of action. <laughs> no. no question about no, but it. Obviously, it's a size that people appreciate. That's oh, all I know. Okay. Oh, listen to you. It's a size that people appreciate. Oh, okay. Whatever that means to Kim Kardashian and Kate Beckinsale yeah. and everyone else but dated. You're right. I, I, as a matter of fact, everybody I've ever heard say they like him, that's always women. Men don't care that much for him. Who are yeah. we talking about? Um, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Who is Pete Davidson? You'd know him if you Let's saw him. He's got the From biggest Saturday Night Live. Biggest yapper. Oh, of that unfunny guy. <laughs> see, there you the go. That funny unfunny guy. guy. See, Andy. Well, he's a ladies comedian. Men so if don't we go like see a stand up, him. It's a bunch of women in the audience. Oh, is it really? I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm it's guessing probably true, though. It probably is because yeah. I don't know one guy that actually thinks he's funny. Uh, but that makes me think, like, there's certain comedians, like, uh, male comedians, you go, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of men in the audience. I don't want to go see it. Well, maybe that's true, too, yeah. That's like Louis C.K., I feel like it's just a bunch of men. I wouldn't go see him if you gave me free tickets and about a million dollars. I still think it's, it's a what very a specific creep. man that goes. Have you ever, met, yeah. you ever met him? No, and I'm happy I did that. Oh, what a creep that guy is. I mean, there were no women in the studio when he came in to do the show live once. He's a very creepy guy. I don't know what's wrong with him. Well, what he was accused of was pretty creepy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep, it's absolutely true. Is there anybody up and coming that's going? That's kind of funny. I was trying to think about that. Anybody? Well, I mean, obviously for you, Bupkis is a very, very funny show. But yeah, I'm just trying to think like who's comedy. Like I really love. I like a lot of female comedians lately. Like Fortune Feimster. Mm -hmm. She's very uh, nice too. Me laugh. Anything mm -hmm. she does, I listen to her on a lot of podcasts. I'm like, oh, Fortune's a guest. I'll go and listen. She. I don't. I need to go see her stand up because I've seen her Netflix specials, but not. I haven't seen her live. She's someone I really enjoy. I'm just trying to think who else. Ali Wong, another Ali one I Wong. love. Got yeah. these people that Ali Wong. We were just talking about the fact that last time she was in town, this is God, 15 years or not to 15, but 10 years ago. Yeah, she was still doing campuses. Yeah, she was doing campuses, but we we went went to dinner with her one uh, when she was in town. She's a very very pleasant woman. And then her career's now just blown sky high. She's got, well, she's got like a TV series and the whole deal, doesn't she? 
Yeah. yeah. Um, she has beef on Netflix. Oh, Real, beef. That's, that's really right. Good that's right. Yeah. And she does a lot of comedy specials, too, for mm-hmm. Netflix that have been very successful as well. Very, very nice. But didn't you think she was nice, Andy? Who? Allie Wong. Oh, yeah. What are you doing in there? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the internet. A broken shit going on. <laughs> a lot of broken stuff, I Wait, suppose. Wait, who? <laughs> oh, Allie Wong, what? Huh? No, but Fortune Feimster's been in, in, on the show a few times, too, and mm-hmm. came oh, into studio. I love studio. her. Very nice person. And Ms. Pat's got her. some sort of show or Ms. special Pat. going on. She's hilarious. I oh, just love... Don't tell JB. Oh, JB is—he's terrified of her. He does not like her. We have a yeah. You know, Miss Pat is right. Yeah. I don't. Oh, you don't oh. know Miss Pat? She's she's, she's a no. uh, she's a black woman in America today. She's very funny, very nice. But one of our friends, JB, who is also black, is terrified of her. It's hilarious. Why does he not no, like I have her? To look her up. Uh, I They're think, very different people. Yes, well, that's they, true. Are they are very, very different, different people, yeah, that's, that's and true. he doesn't appreciate her shtick. Mm-hmm. I thought she's terrific. I love her too, but isn't she the one that got no, shot? I have to go and look her up. She's. Isn't, I'm gonna have to watch her comedy. She's the one that taught me what bougie meant. Yeah, bougie. That's right. And then she also get got shot in one of her breasts, didn't mm-hmm. she? Yeah. Yeah, she got Ooh, shot. I remember that. Yeah, she yeah. lived a rough life. She did indeed. Okay, so now I see Andy, I see Tom, I see Kristen, I don't see Ralph. There you go. There I am. There Look she is. Back. Look at I that. I switched the internet, Andy. I'll tell you about it later. Oh, okay. Oh, you did. <laughs> we need to call Xfinity. So where's Ralphie? Ralphie's His gone. laptop was he dead. It's has, plugged in now. He probably has to get log on to the different Wi-Fi. I forgot that... Um, the laptop that he's using was used by Brittany during the morning show. Uh, Brittany. Oh, Brittany man. wrecks everything. Typical. Four Brittany. hours is too Brittany. much. Like, Brit, it's your fault. Stop touching things. <laughs> Don't do it. How dare you use it this morning? It's true. You should have seen Jude scampering around the studio because he saw Brittany. Oh, he loves Brittany. There's no doubt about <laughs> that. Running. That's very cute. He loves Brittany. we got about five minutes. Anything else you want to bring up? Oh, I do, because I That's can't I wait thought. to watch this train wreck. Um, Stars on Mars, and I know we talked about it on the morning show, Tom. Oh, now I lost her. But this is the William oh, Shatner hosted show. What? What's it called? Can you hear me? Stars on Mars. Stars on Mars. William Shatner's hosting it, and I know we talked about it in the morning show, and they took 12 celebrities, they flew them to Australia, um, they filmed in an area that's been used with a, a lot of uh, movies like Mad Max, like in the mm. desert. So it's a southern part of Australia, Australia called mm. Cooper Petty. Mm. And um, they have to pretend that they are living on Mars and have challenges like they are living on Mars. What? Uh, How do you do that? Yep. Because I, I don't know, but they built they spent six months building this set and. I am dying to find out how this plays out because Lance Armstrong joined the what? cast. Lance uh, Armstrong. I thought he was on the outs with everybody. Needs some money, probably, but he. Everyone. One of the cast. One of the younger cast members, Ariel Winter from Modern Family. I just saw the teaser yesterday. She's like, oh. Lance Armstrong is the first guy who walked on the moon. And she doesn't oh, know who Lance Neil, Armstrong. Oh, Neil, Lance. What's the difference? 
Wow. Oh. It doesn't matter, but I was like, okay, I just think about girly. Lance Armstrong and his ego and like what this is going to bring. And you have William Shatner delivering all the challenges to the celebrities. I am dying to eat. just watch an episode. It starts June 5th on Fox. Um, I think it's going to be a hot mess. It has one of the Vanderpump Rules cast members. We've been talking about the Scandaval. It has an Olympic figure skater. It's it just looks like a train wreck. It looks fantastic. So is, is this going to be? Is this going to be our next? Uh, is this going to be the fallout for the writer strike? It's going to be all celebrity reality TV show or Probably. you know D list. Yeah, D list uh, celebrity. Yes. In fact, if you take a look up fronts for this week, this is where advertisers take a look at the fall. A lot of the networks, especially the broadcast networks, have what they call uh, strike-proofed their fall schedule so that should the writer's strike last too long and the shows aren't ready, they've got plenty of unscripted shows coming their way. Fox, ABC, NBC. And uh, they're going to rely heavily on that because of that, because of the writer's strike. Dangerous thing to do because if people like it and start Mm -hmm. getting used to watching that, Scripted shows are not going to get the viewership. Yeah, I started true. watching the uh, uh, with my friend up at her cabin. Um, I've never watched a reality show, and I watched a reality show. It was Indian matchmaking. What? <laughs> what was what? that on Netflix? Yes. It's a- yeah. There's Jewish matchmaking and mm. Indian matchmaking. And, and this is not Native American Indian. No. No. Eastern South- Indians. Yeah. And I think what's just so fascinating is because they're matching you for marriage. So it's not just like, hey, let's date and see if we like each other. This is forever. (laughs) Yeah. It's I don't know. It was kind of intriguing. I mean, there was this one woman. It was like, oh, my God, don't please don't let anyone marry her. She's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) She's awful. Nobody should marry her. She's the worst. And are there still dowries attached with the Indian? I don't remember them mentioning that um a lot of them were in the united states okay oh, really? interestingly enough oh, yes mm-hmm. fascinating yeah I mean, so yeah culturally it's so interesting just to see how um, it plays out because it's, it's so different yeah because i mean it, there is a lot to that to the culture and depending on where your people are from in india and if you you know grew up with money or status or anything it uh, it can be it can feel very isolating to be in the United States, even if you've grown up here. Right. Wow. But if you're if you if you're married if you've an arranged marriage, that's not a marriage of love. That's a marriage of convenience or a marriage of mm-hmm. economics. And then, so it has a tendency to have other cultural pieces with sure. regards to. I mean, it's not a fidel. It's not a. It's not a fidel relationship, or it's there's infidelity, which is part of the whole cultural piece of it. No, yeah, I, I, th- I would think this, I, I, this show makes it sound like you know, it's all that the bride or the groom or who, whatever the people are looking are all in on it. They've already tried love matching and they just haven't gotten anywhere with it. So it's kind of it just reminds me sort of online dating, but just for that cultural piece with with a matchmaker instead of e-harmony or something, you know. All right. That's going to do it for another big hour in this week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to KB2 tomorrow on the show. Everything else is good? Everything is good. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. 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 Jude's ready. 